Welcome on into the 2 3 podcast. I'm Cam, that's Zach. Episode 11, we still don't like Georgetown edition. The boys are 5 and 5. A tough loss to Georgetown. Cam, gotta do the routine. Vibe check. How are we feeling? Not great. Certainly not great. It was a very tough game to watch in the second half. If you remember in the first half, we were doing pretty well. We were leading by 10, looking pretty confident. The bench was getting some good minutes, and they were getting some good performances, which we'll kind of go over a little bit later. But towards the end there, I think that Georgetown, I don't think it was necessarily that we were playing bad. I think it was that Georgetown just started to kind of pick it up, and they started to figure it out towards the latter part of the game. They started to get a little bit hot shooting, and we were going pretty cold for shooting. We ended up going 21% in the second half from three, whereas they went close to 40%. So I think that that was kind of the tail of the game. And it's one of those games where you look back on it and you don't really want to think about it too much because it does make you pretty sad. Yeah, it's pretty sad. I mean, just like the boys, we kind of took this week off. I mean, I guess they were practicing this week, which is much needed. But we took the week and kind of relaxed, stepped away from basketball and thinking about it. So we put this one in the rear mirror a little bit. But there was there was just the flow of the second half. We just felt clunky. And like while we still like stuck in it, I mean it ended up being a four point game in the end. And it just felt clunky and like our flow wasn't there. Like we weren't shooting the threes like we used to, like a buddy wasn't shooting the way he was, or we know he can. So it just felt clunky and we, we just weren't our flow was off. Clunky is a very good way to put it to describe the second half in this game. I think that uh, Buddy was certainly not performing as advertised, or at least as we hoped that he was going to in the second half. But I think that the person that was definitely cold throughout the game was Cole Swider. He ended up going three for 10 from the three and three for 11 from the field. In 36 minutes of action, Zach, you don't really expect him to get 12 points. Again, he had a a pretty decent stat line overall, but you just expect a little bit more out of him. And we know for a fact that he can perform at such a higher level than he has over the past maybe five games. But it just seems like a matter of time before he gets it going. It's not like we've, you know, completely lost Cole, like people are, you know, kind of accusing him. Uh, You know, maybe Cole's not performing as advertised, as people are saying, but I think it's just, you know, it, he's he's close to getting it back. He's just not completely there yet. He's still a little bit cold. Yeah, I'm not terribly worried. Obviously, he still hasn't found his shooting stride quite yet. There's maybe one game you could argue where he had like a decent shooting percentage. I don't know. Has he really had a decent outing yet? I really don't think so, per se. I mean, I think back to like really early season, maybe against obviously against the preseason preseason of opponents, he he did you know great, but um, he put up a you know season high against Arizona State. That was a pretty good game for him. He had 19 overall, but I think just he hasn't really gotten it going in the season yet. He started out kind of cold. He kind of went on a hot streak there during the Bahamas trip where he had 19 against Arizona State and 17 against uh, Auburn. But it's just, you know, we're still waiting for him. He had 16 against Florida State. We know that he can do more than this. We know he can. We've seen it before. 
He's definitely not a 29% three-point shooter. We can we are expecting more out of Cole, and it's just a matter of time before we get it. Yeah, and while that is like worrying, and like you said, like it will come. I do think we need to draw attention to his stat line, like you mentioned. Like I do think it is impressive that he had six assists in against Georgetown, seven rebounds. You know, that's like those are those are good stat lines, and especially when someone who is you know made out to be a lethal shooter isn't shooting well. Cole is still grinding his way out there and, you know, impacting the game. Like you, you take away his, his, his sword and he still uses his, his, his shield and his dagger. So you, you like to see that, you know, you like to, I mean, more on this later, but like you take away Buddy's sword of shooting. I mean, he did grind it out in this game, but what else does he have? And I think you start to kind of ask, I'm not sure what he has other than great offense. I mean, like he's decent everywhere else, but truly his one main weapon is, you know, his shooting stroke. And when that's off, he's clunky and the rest of the team is clunky. Yeah, Buddy's kind of the definition of, you know, shooter going to shoot. He was seven for 18 from the field. He ended up going three for seven from the three. He's going to shoot. And once teams kind of double team him, we've been seeing that a little bit more, Zach, over the past like two or three games where teams are actually kind of focusing in on him. And it's starting to kind of put a, a, you know, starting to kind of slow down his three shooting a little bit. I think that he has maybe something else in his game plan, maybe where he can kind of shoot it from the elbow or he can maybe make something happen if he's driving in. He's not really known for that too much, but you're kind of seeing like opponents are really starting to kind of figure out Buddy. And when that's the case, it needs to be guys like Joe. It needs to be guys like Captain Cole or Jesse or Jimmy even that come alive. And we've seen that in a couple of games. We ha- we did not see this against Georgetown. Buddy went cold and then the rest of the team just went cold with him. Yeah, I think Buddy has a very pivotal role on this team. And when he's, I'm going to use the word again, clunky. And like he did finish with 17 points, but like he really grinded those out like I'm pretty sure everyone was surprised to see a stat line of 17 points because it didn't feel like it. He wasn't the Buddy Beheim that we know and love from last March Madness. He wasn't scoring the way we know he can score. So it just really, you know, slowed up the game, made it feel clunky, and that impacts the whole team and impacts our offense and impacts everything we do. And the, with the one exception of Florida State, these last three games, no one else like truly stepped up to make the difference. And Florida State was the only game where everyone else stepped up and to fill that gap when Buddy wasn't playing well. So I wanted to take you back a little bit to the beginning of the year when we were kind of dissecting this team and trying to figure out what are the weaknesses in our game, offensively, defensively, whatever. And I had mentioned that offensively, if this team doesn't shoot well, then I don't really know what else we kind of go to. But Buddy's not shooting well, and you kind of expect guys like Jimmy to drive in and try to create opportunities, or Jesse to be a monster down low. And he was. He had eight rebounds. He had 12 points. But you just expect a little bit more out of these guys. And when it comes to good competition, hot competition, like Georgetown, Zach, 
you just expect a little bit more out of everybody, not just in the point category, but honestly, in the entire stat line overall. Yeah, you definitely do. And I think extension of that is maybe, you know, your leading scorer isn't scoring. So you make it up for it on the other end of the court on defense. And there was just too many times we didn't get pivotal spot, pivotal stops. And that's, I think the defense is truly what lost the game. We hung in there enough on offense to to be close, but this some of those stops that we didn't get down the stretch, I think were the deal breaker. And I think it was a combination of that and just Georgetown was really, really hot. They, they ended up having four players in double figures and their leading point scorer had 23 points. So they ended up having a great game against us and they are a, a pretty solid team. I don't think that they were, I didn't think that they were going to be as solid as they were, but there were you know just a couple of times where there were lapses in defense a little bit into the second half. They finally started to click and they started to figure out like how they can attack our zone. And then that was sort of the changing point in the game. That's kind of when the, when the momentum flipped as it were. And the flip to the, you know, the switch to the one three one didn't really help. You know, it, it wasn't really as impactful as it has been against other opponents, which sort of begs the question, Zach. We look at the minutes for all of our bench guys. Frank had 10, Samir had five, Benny had four. And in the second half, I'm not sure that any of them actually played. And the question becomes, why didn't they? Like, why didn't they get any sort of playing time in the second half? Yeah, Frank clocked only three minutes the second half. Otherwise, no one saw any play time. And I know this was like a huge conversation after the game on Twitter and everything. People were begging Jim Beheim, why did these guys not play? Because they were part of the run that got Cuse ahead in the by 10 in the, in the first half. They really provided that jolt and that energy that got us up 10 in, in the first half. And to see no play time in the second second half was quite confusing and didn't really make sense and like why I don't agree with it I just think it comes down to baseline Jim trust his starting five more like even though the guys proved that they had a good first half they should have you know at least seen some minutes but I just I mean he's gone to these guys for full games before it worked against Florida State or it worked against Indiana and he just stuck with that and this time it didn't work out I understand that you got to go to your starting five and that your starting five, your your best five players are going to give you the, probably the best chance of winning. But when those five guys are struggling on defense, when they're struggling on offense, when they're not making any of their shots, when they can't get anything going against the Georgetown defense, it just makes sense to try to dip into your bench because maybe somebody can get hot there. And we saw that in the first half. We saw that with Frank. Frank had a fantastic first half. When he substituted for Jesse, who was in foul trouble, he ended up coming away with five points in this. But there were moments when he was looking dynamite. I thought that he was actually probably going to clock more than 20 minutes in this game because I thought he was going to be that good. And then everything just went silent in the second half. And just subbing in Frank for Jesse was not going to win the game. It just wasn't. And just subbing in Samir or just subbing in Benny was not going to win the game. But to at least dip into your bench a little bit to see like what they can do. At that point, Zach, when you're when you have virtually no momentum against the team, shouldn't you at least just try something 
because what you have out there right now is not working at all. Yeah, you you really think so? I don't want to like defend Jim here. I I ultimately agree that they should have played, given they should have gotten some runtime, whether that's you know a few more minutes or whatever, just to see what could happen. I mean, I do think you could argue, and I think Jim's mindset potentially was, you know, we're still in this. It wasn't bad enough. It wasn't like we ever got down by like a significant amount of points. Like obviously, we only lost the game by four points. So there was ever a point where the game was lost or like. It was getting way out of hand. We're like, yo, like we have to change something here. Otherwise, like we're literally going to lose this game. So it just came down to they won't make it happen. And as much as like it's like a bummer that, you know, the guys that could have, you know, given us a little jolt to make us win by 10 didn't get put in. I don't know. I don't want to defend it, but it wasn't like horrible enough for it was like, why not something up? Because like what, what it could they could have won this game. There, there are a few plays down the stretch, like the last two minutes, last minute, where they could have just won this game and then this conversation wouldn't be as prevalent. So that's just something to think about. That is a very good point. The game was never out of reach. It did seem like Georgetown had the momentum for at least the majority of the second half. They virtually looked, they looked confused on offense, quite frankly, in the in the first half. And then again, once they started to figure out the zone, it was kind of downhill from there. But just to, I don't mean to kind of hammer home this point too much, Zach, but from a defensive point of view, we've argued that Joe is not as strong defensively as Samir is. And obviously Benny has had his struggles in the zone. So wouldn't you possibly want to sub in Samir if you want more defense wouldn't you want like your best defensive guard out there? And Joe didn't have a terrible game. At least he he had a couple of lapses in the defensive end, and he ended up having 15 points. Not a not a great game for him, but not, you know not bad either. But wouldn't you want your best defensive player to kind of be in there to hopefully try to change the momentum a little bit, at least like on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a no brainer. I think anyone you would ask. Would, would say yes. I guess the only guy that would would disagree is Jim Beheim because he didn't. So Ultimately, the man making the decisions would, would, would disagree. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> so there were a couple of bright spots in this game. Let's start with the points in the paint. That's kind of the stat that sort of jumped out to me and, I, and jumped out to you too. There were 42 compared to Georgetown's 26. So at least in the paint, this is a game that I think that we haven't had in a, in a little bit where we're actually pretty strong in the paint. And when we're not really relying on our three point shooting, maybe we're getting it done down low. Yeah. I mean, it's a great stat. And like, sadly, I, I mean, it's good that we went there because our three point shooting wasn't great, obviously. So we had to go there and at least we got something there. That's pretty impressive. But I mean, ultimately, like we do need to be better from the three. I like that we have a pretty good option to go in the paint, but obviously like that's part of the reason why we lost. We couldn't do enough offensively to 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 win it. Our assist margin was pretty good too. 20 assists compared to Georgetown's 20 assists as well. So at least that was you know, we're showing that we're getting the ball moving, we're we're trying to create something. I think that a lot of it was just more or less like pass it to the shooter and let the shooter shoot and then obviously they were not really hitting their shots too much, but it is nice to see that we're getting 20 assists. We're still putting, you know, the work out there. 
overall, offensively, it wasn't the best of games, but you know, it it wasn't terrible either. I think ultimately it was just more or less Georgetown came into this with a game plan. That game plan ended up not working. And then they changed it. They changed something in the second half and they look like a completely different team out there, especially on the offense where they were just able to carve up our zone in any way, shape or form. It just looked like a completely different group out there. Yeah, I mean, obviously credit to Georgetown and what they did in the second half. Ultimately, though, for Q-sided things, I think we didn't have a good offensive performance overall. We weren't going to beat them on offense. And to beat them, we needed to have good defensive effort and strides and plays. And that just did not happen down the stretch. So I, I put this game on defense. I think this is a defensive loss. I think that's why we lost. I mean, obviously give credit to Georgetown as well, but I think defensively, we should have gotten more stops. To generalize this game a little bit, do you believe that this was a bad loss overall? I mean, I think so. I don't think right now Georgetown is credited as any, you know, they're not turning anyone's head at the moment. You know, they're not, you don't have any significant wins. They're kind of like it's down here again, or I guess they made the tournament last year, so not again, but. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I this this is a bad loss. I don't know what quad they're in, but I don't think this is a good 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 loss. That's for sure. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think that this was a this isn't as bad as like the Colgate loss, but it stings just as much. Coming away from that game, turning off the TV, it hurt. It hurt to watch what had just unfolded, and I think that to bounce back, Zach. We need to kill Lehigh, like destroy them, have walk-ons come in. Patty Casey can shine, okay? We need bench minutes so that way our starters, hopefully, maybe maybe they're a little bit tired. I don't know. They've been playing a lot of minutes, but we need the boys to come out and just destroy any sort of hope that Lehigh has coming into this. We absolutely do. I mean, we had a full week of practice. That's something Jim mentioned in his presser. The previous stretch, we had five practices among all those games. So we really need some practice. And not to mention Lehigh is 1-8 coming into this game. So this is a clinic. This is a must clinic. I, I'm going to I'm gonna say this is a must clinic. We have to have a clinic. We have to, like you said, walk-ons. Patty Casey has to enter the game. I want him to enter the game with like 10 minutes to go because it's that bad. <laughs> That's what I want to Oh, see. Wow. Wow, that's, that's that bold. Is, that's not that true. That is bold. That's not true. But that is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> their one win on the year, Lehigh's, came against Columbia, and it was a 79-72 win. They've lost against just about everybody. They do have ACC play. They lost against Virginia 43-61 to earlier in the year, and we know that Virginia is not really the best of opponents right now. So if that's sort of any indication as to how Lehigh is, I can't imagine that they're going to be very good. They lost their most recent game. I'm going to read you the team name, and you tell me if you've ever heard of them. They lost to Maryland Eastern Shore, 75-81. to I'm not even sure Zach, that that's a D1 school. Who? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Maryland East. I'm trying to look them up right now. Maryland Eastern Shore. That is a very good question, though. Who? They are a D1 school. They are in the MEAC, the Mid-Eastern 
athletic conference. So I've never heard of them before. Uh, apparently, they just beat Lehigh, though. But they need to absolutely destroy any sort of hope and chance that Lehigh has in this game. Score prediction, Zach. How much do you think that Patty Casey is going to be getting for this game? I would love to see Patty Casey come in. You know, he's 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 a bucket. So I'm I'm gonna say he's he's gonna have a three for sure. And okay. he might as well have like, you know, a layup or two too. So I'm gonna give him you know, me I'm gonna be a little modest on this end of my prediction. I'm just I'm gonna say five. Five? All right. I was gonna say six. So I'll live with five. I like that. But overall, this is this is a, a feel good game. We need to build confidence here. All the guys that have been kind of struggling here and there, especially like Buddy and Cole and Ben E, all need to get in there, see the ball go in the net, build confidence, feel good, see the shot go in, and just just ultimately feel good. That's that's what we need to see against Lehigh. At this point in the year, Zach, we are five hundred at five and five, as you had mentioned. Are we a little bit nervous? Is the season is the season gone? Should Jim be fired? Are we just gonna walk away, hang our heads, and just just call it a, a season right now? Like, are we are we worried at all? I mean, obviously the answer is no, but you do have to you know give credit to some worry that is you know spelled across Q's nation because it's there. I feel it. We all feel it. We're nervous. We don't love being five and five. That's scary. I don't like it. I do think there's a good mood in the locker room based on posts, based on pressers and post game interviews. People are looking to change things around. We have a, two games coming up: Lehigh and Cornell, where we can, you know, get some good numbers, feel some confidence. But just the current state of Syracuse basketball, are we worried? I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm like cautiously optimistic, worried. That's that's where I'm at. <laughs> that is a very interesting way to put that. <laughs> Do we think that this team is better than what they've been performing over the past two games against Villanova and against Georgetown? Yeah, I just I think what confuses me is we had kind of a rough battle for Alanis. Then we come back and we have a great game against Indiana, Florida State, and we're feeling great. We go to MSG, lose a tough one to Villanova, and we're like, all right, that's all right. But then this Georgetown loss is really where this tide starts to switch a little bit in my mentality. I'm like, maybe things aren't 100% clicking quite yet, which maybe it's practice. I mean, we just went on a really tough stretch, so maybe we're tired, playing our starters a lot. There's a lot of factors. I mean, I guess you got to give credit to Georgetown and the rivalry that's there. And, you know, you're away. It's a tough, 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 tough thing to do, given the past and the history of, of that game. So maybe it's not as bad as a loss that people are saying and it feels. Obviously, it hurts. I don't know. So it, it's tough to really gauge it because just the Georgetown loss really put a dagger in us. It did. And I hope that the dagger was lifted during practice because Jim mentioned it quite a bit. We'll mention it quite a bit that this team had virtually no practices during that really tough stretch. 
And I can imagine that a full week of practice fixing things. I can imagine that Jim desperately wanted these guys to get back on the gym and just start shooting quite a bit because there's got to be some sort of toll, Zach, that it takes when you're playing on the road or when you're playing at neutral sites and you've got to go from place to place and you can't really get too many shots up. You know, maybe you're worrying about finals or whatever coming up and you can't get as much practice going on as maybe, you know, earlier in the year when the games are more spaced out and they're not really the toughest competition in the world. We got to remember too, these are some pretty good teams that we're going up against compared to years past. We're going up against teams that are ranked in the top 10 compared to teams like Bucknell or Boston University, who we usually dominate. I'd rather have a tough loss against a top 10 opponent where I know that Villanova is going to be going to at least the Elite Eight, maybe even the Final Four down the road. And I'd rather take that than, you know, just a, a 100 to 60 win against Boston University. But a game against Lehigh, who is not a very good opponent, kind of like Boston University, is is much needed to dominate. And hopefully the, the days of practice have sort of helped this team and helped this group. One interesting, one interesting thing to note, Zach, is that the game after this is scheduled to be Cornell, as you had mentioned. We don't know, though, if that's going to be going on or not. Cornell right now is in the red uh, when it comes to COVID cases, or at least the university is. They just canceled their upcoming game against Bryant. Apparently, as we record this, the Syracuse game is still a go. Hopefully they can play Cornell because they are a very they're they're a much better opponent than in years past. So hopefully they can get this win against Lehigh and then go into Cornell feeling good, and then they can get a, a, a much needed dub and then head into ACC play, Zach. Yeah, I mean obviously I'd love to see the Cornell matchup. Want to see the revenge game from Jimmy and just another? I just I just don't want to mess up the flow. I just want to, I don't want any postponements. COVID. I just it'd be nice to have a clean slate and just schedule the games happen. But obviously, we don't know. We'll see what happens. But I do think interestingly, we'll find out very soon. I don't think Lee and I and Cornell are necessarily the answer, but come ACC play, we'll be able to answer the question. You talk about this hard schedule. Did it make us better? Obviously, right now. We're five and five, but did it make us better? Lehigh obviously should be a clinic, Cornell also, but we'll, we'll soon find out if this tough schedule early on is going to make us better. So let's see what we can do against Lehigh. That is very true. We got Georgia Tech coming up in the first ACC play on the 29th. Georgia Tech at this moment are five and four overall. And then we kind of mentioned Virginia. They're not as good as they were in years past. They're still 6-4 and four overall. So those are our first two ACC opponents. And then after that, you got Miami, you got Wake Forest, you've got Florida State, Pittsburgh. So it just becomes the ACC gauntlet at that point. And I think that's a very good point, Zach. You know, we'll kind of find out um, in the next coming games, well, at least after the next coming games, if this hard schedule was worth it and if whoever scheduled this the schedule actually was onto something because we're running through the gauntlet early and I think that there are plenty of good things to take away, but there are definitely some things that we need to work on heading into ACC play. So Syracuse, Lehigh, hopefully a clinic game, 
That game on ACC Network at 6 o'clock on Saturday, December the 18th. We will keep you updated if we hear any news on the Cornell game. Obviously, keep checking for our Twitter, our Instagram, at the23podcast. We'll let you know as soon as we hear something, as soon as the university comes out with anything. But that'll do it for us. We'll see you later. Let's go Cuse.